0: Casting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop to the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense.
1: This is The Joe Carey Show.
2: Happy Monday and welcome to The Joe Carey Show right here on KTALK 1640 AM in the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you for... Uh, tuning into the uh, program today, I, there's a lot to talk about. You know, Democrats, everybody's back in Washington, D.C., so uh, watch, your, uh, watch your wallet or your uh, purse. And uh, impeachment talk is back in vogue now. I guess instead of working on the problems actually facing the country, the Democrats have spent the recess, the summer recess, Uh, Planning, you know, how are we going to damage Trump? Because it's really not about impeaching him, right? I mean, even the Democrats, the, the hardcore socialist progressive Democrats, they wanted to impeach him from day one. And they tried. And they tried to leverage the CIA and the FBI and the NSA. That fell apart. But they haven't given up. But they know they really can't impeach him. But the hope is if we hold all these hearings, it gives them a national stage, right? It gives them the opportunity to talk about all the things that no candidate wants, you know, to be, uh, to be front and center and have all the negatives there. This is what crushed Hillary Clinton. It was the WikiLeaks and just the fact that Hillary— couldn't control the messaging for the day. She would say, okay, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to be in Indiana, I'm going to talk about, you know, foreign policy. And then an hour before her speech on foreign policy was set to begin, WikiLeaks would dump 50,000 documents, and she would have to end up explaining, you know, why her campaign manager likes to drink breast milk. And no, I'm not making that up. That was a uh, one of the uh, emails that was leaked. Uh, her campaign manager and her brother were invited to go and uh dine uh with a uh let's just say eccentric celebrity, but it's hard to manage a campaign and get the traction you need when you can't control the message so when uh Nadler, the uh, chair of the Judiciary committee, when he comes out and he says well we're gonna we're gonna start these impeachment hearings you know, we're, we're laying the groundwork now. This is all about knowing you can't impeach Donald Trump. And even if you did, the Senate would never vote to convict. But it is about, you know, we can control the agenda. Because Donald Trump, he's a master at controlling the headline. He knows what he wants tomorrow's headline in the New York Times to be. And his personality is such that he can do it. He can steer the conversation. So what the Democrats, what they're saying is, you know what? Donald Trump is too good. Let's abuse the impeachment process. Let's blow this up to see if we can give our candidate, if we can give our team a shot at winning this thing. And it's sad. It's really sad. I mean, impeachment... It's such a, um, it's such an awesome power to have, and to abuse it in this way just cheapens it. But that's the state of the Democrat Party today. The other one I want to talk about is Governor Sanford. I think it's, is it Mark Governor Mark Sanford. He officially announced that he was uh, tossing his hat into the GOP primary, you may remember Governor Sanford, not for what he accomplished in office, uh, but his big storyline was when he, um, he went missing for a week. I mean, here's the governor. Nobody knows where he is. He said, you know, well, I, I had to clear my mind, my heart, my soul. So I, I went hiking on the, uh, the Appalachian Trail. And, of course, it turned out that he was nowhere near the Appalachian Trail unless there happens to be one in Argentina. So he actually went to Argentina for the week, and he spent some time with another woman who was not his wife. And all this came out. You would think that his political career would have ended, but either to his credit or uh, to his detriment, he decides to get back into politics. He runs. He wins. And uh, now he's running uh, for president of the United States as a Republican. And I just have to say this. Look, I, I believe we all make mistakes. Sometimes they're really big. Sometimes they last a long time. Sometimes they're small and they, you know, they pass by fairly quickly. But I also believe people can change. And I'm not here to say whether Governor Sanford is the same person today that he was when he, you know, cheated on his wife and he lied to the people that he was representing. I don't know. That's a a question that he has to answer and that the voters are going to have the opportunity of reviewing and answering for themselves. But I will tell you this that when you can lie as he lied on that scale and with that kind of impunity, this was an individual who was not only in a bad place, but in a bad way. And if he hit his bottom and he had that epiphany and he had that change of heart, good for him. And if that happened, I, I think that, yeah, we, we take him in his totality, what he did and who he is today. But I don't know, because I haven't heard about that moment. I haven't heard about that, po- that, that moment of time in his life where he was like, you know, this is what turned it around for me. This is when I realized I'm on the wrong path. I haven't heard that story yet. But I don't think it's going to matter because I don't think Mark's going to do much in the primary. Two other people running in the primary against Trump, Joe Walsh, a uh, radio talk show host, and uh, Bill Weld. Uh, he was the uh, former governor of Massachusetts, uh, GOP governor. He ran on the Libertarian ticket in 2016 against uh, Donald Trump, and now he's turned back into a Republican. Trump uh, issued a tweet today. He called him the Three Stooges. said, the Three Stooges are, you know, uh, they're running against me. But this is the point I want to make. Number one, Mark Sanford said he's getting into the race because he wants to lecture us. He, he wants a discussion on Republican values. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to have that discussion uh, in an Argentinian accent or not, but that's what he wants to do. He wants to have that debate, that discussion on Republican values. But I asked myself over the weekend, I'm like, you know, why are these guys running? They know they can't win. They have absolutely no shot of winning, so why run? On the Democrat side, it's a little bit different, right? A lot of the people running on the Democrat side, they know they can't win, but they do have a shot at being the vice president, right? They know they can't grab the brass ring, But if they're balancing to the ticket, they could be the nominee for the vice president. You don't have that on the Republican side. And I think they're running for two reasons. One, I think they love the publicity. I think Bill Weld, I think he would run for president on any party ticket. Right? It didn't work out for him quite the way he saw in Massachusetts. So we said, you know, I'm going to run as a libertarian. He ran as a libertarian, and he got his clock cleaned. But here's a guy, I think, who's just drawn to the, the allure, the excitement of the race, of just being out there in the limelight. And I think the other reason why these three individuals are running is because they know they're going to have a compliant media. Even though they don't have a shot at winning, they know that the media is going to give them lots of coverage, as long as they're anti-Trump, right? As long as they say things against Donald Trump, they know the media is going to shower them with guest appearances. And the other thing is, you know, Even if they don't win, they're hoping that it translates, you know, maybe I can be a contributor uh, on CNN or MSNBC. That's not a bad gig. Get paid half a million, million dollars a year. Just be on call. if If they want me to comment on something, I'm there. Sad, sad. The Democrats are abusing the impeachment process, and now you have... Hungry Republicans, hungry for the attention, hungry for the accolades, running uh, in primaries against Donald Trump. You know when we come back, I want to talk about why uh, some Republicans, the media, and the Democrats, why they hate trump it 's because he is winning we 'll have that break excuse me we 'll have that story next right after this break.
1: comes to your pain many of you might be skeptical like i was about ordering relief factor pat boone again for this wonderful 100 percent drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging exercise everyday living i'm not skeptical any longer the three-week quick start is now discounted to only 19.95 why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain too at relieffactor.com
3: colonial flag foundation proudly presents the 18th annual healing field tribute now through september 12th once again the sandy city promenade has become a sea of red white and blue as over 3,000 u.s flags fly in memory and honor of each victim of the 9 11 terrorist attacks as well as each utah fallen military or civil servant hero Come join us for this inspiring event and support this year's cause. Remembering the One, a powerful program of Honor 365. Come enjoy an evening out. Walk among the flags. Share moments and memories with friends, family, and neighbors. The 18th Annual Utah Healing Field Display is a gift to the community made possible through donations and the efforts of many dedicated volunteers, as well as sponsors like Mountain America, Honor 365, and the Colonial Flag Foundation.
2: You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt.
4: If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to Go away. Then get ready for a toll free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1 800 990 6976. That's 1 800 990 6976. Call 1 800 990 6976. Weekday afternoons, rub shoulders with trusted voices of truth and
5: insight. The American Mutsos Show with Eric Mutsos. The Read Hour with Lawrence W. Reed. Loving Liberty with Brian Hyde. The Liberty Effect with Emin Bundy. And Stranger Than Fiction with Ralph DeLugas. Right here on the Loving Liberty Radio Network.
2: Hey, welcome back to the Joe Kerry Show, 801-331-8113 if you'd like to join us. 801-331-8113. I want to talk about um, Donald Trump and uh, just the the hatred that comes from people um, on the left towards uh, this man and his policies. I was no fan of Barack Obama. I wasn't a fan of George Bush. I wasn't a fan of Bill Clinton. But wow, I don't. I didn't hate any one of those individuals. And I didn't blow a gasket when I saw them speaking, and it didn't want me to go out and rip, you know, uh, I love Barack Obama t-shirts off of people. But I tell you what, today, today it doesn't work that way. I mean, you have people that are just absolutely incensed by uh, anything, uh, Donald Trump... And then I started to, to do the math and just listen to what he has accomplished. And I think this is what really drives the left. You know, they'll talk, well, he's divisive. Well, he's only divisive because he's standing up for what he believes in. You know, too many conservatives and too many Republicans, they would roll over when the left would scream racism or sexism. And Trump looks at it and says, look, I'm not a racist. I'm not a sexist, but I'm going to be fair listen to this. In three years that Trump has been in office, he has appointed nearly one in four of the nation's federal appeals court judges. 25% of appellate, of federal appellate judges have been appointed by Donald Trump. That is a staggering figure. Not only that, but his judges tend to be more constitutional and more conservative than George Bush, right? So if George Bush appointed 25%, you're going to get less constitutional judges than Donald Trump. So it's not only the number, it's the caliber, it's, it's the quality of those judges. At the district court, which is the trial court level, at the trial court level, one in seven judges have been appointed by Donald Trump. That's absolutely stunning. But that gets the left upset, right? Because, you know, they want liberal judges. They want progressive judges. But what really pushes them over the edge is that 70% of Trump's judicial appointees are white men. Right? So they make this case for decades You need diversity on the federal bench, right? You need a diversity of color. You need diversity of gender. Trump looks at it and says, just give me the best judges. Now, the way he defines best judges are different than, you know, Barack Obama. But the left looks at that and says, look, he's slapping all of our research in the face. He's ignoring our voice. Anarchy and tyranny are... uh, you know, that's the balance, right? And you, you try to find that, uh, that fulcrum, right? That point of balance where that sweet spot. But that is what has eluded uh, politicians, political scientists, sociologists forever. And the founding fathers got together and they said, look, the way you find this balance isn't to ask a politician or a political scientist or an expert. The way to find this balance between anarchy and tyranny, between, you know, liberty and subjugation is to give the people the power. Let them control the dial and they'll work it out. Now, is that a perfect system? Absolutely not. And that's why the founding father said, you know, we can't build a pure democracy because that would be a mistake. Let's build this Republican form of government where, yes, we have some people with extra knowledge, additional experience, and we combine their input with the voice of the people. And that, most of the time, will take us to the right place. Guaranteed all the time? Absolutely not. But do you have a better shot at getting where you want to go under that system? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the Founding Fathers didn't see it. I don't think they envisioned a time when, you know, the House of Representatives would just fold its cards and say, we're not going to legislate. Right? We're not going to do the job that the people sent us here to do. Instead, we're going to do cheap political theatrics with impeachment. Right? When you have one side refusing to work with the other side. It jams up the gears of government, and that's what you have now. You have one side that is so desperate to ensure that Donald Trump doesn't achieve any legislative victories that they're just saying, we're not going to work with him. We're not going to work. Now I want you to I want you to stay tuned because when we come back we are going to talk with uh, Randy Watt. Um, he is the uh, chief of police for the city of Ogden. Uh, runs his own uh, security consulting firm. He is going to talk to us about red flag laws, what they are, uh, the balance. Right. We we spent a lot of the show talking about the balance uh, here between. Uh, Uh, big government and small government look there's a lot of pressure for the politicians to do something we've got to be very careful on the issue of guns and make sure that what's done makes sense and it's constitutional we'll be back with randy watt right after this commercial break
5: Incredible, thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.
0: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The number of people arrested for illegally crossing into the United States from Mexico dropped for a third consecutive month in a row, down to just around 50,000 people. Acting CPB Commissioner Mark Morgan says a lot of this has to do with Mexico.
3: Since June, Mexico has deployed deployed thousands of troops. They've created a new National Guard within their country. 10,000 troops to the southern border, 15,000 troops to the northern border. Again, unprecedented support and cooperation with the government of Mexico.
0: On Monday at the White House, President Trump is honoring six police officers who killed the mass murderer in Dayton, Ohio last month.
4: These incredible patriots responded to the worst violence and most barbaric hatred with the best of American courage, character, and strength. The president
0: presented each of the men with a Medal of Valor. This is USA Radio News.
2: I'm at the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C. with Dr. Barbara Natterson Horowitz, evolutionary biologist and physician. There's a form of fainting that happens when people get stressed because the excitement triggers a slowing of the heart. Why this happened didn't make sense. The heart shouldn't slow down. The heart should speed up when there's fear. But what I've learned by working with veterinarians and learning about how animal hearts work is that young animals, When they are scared, sometimes their heart rates get very, very low, and that causes them to be very still. And when wild animals become very still, it often makes them safer from predators. One possible hypothesis is that slowing of the heart rate in response to fear in our species is actually an evolutionary echo from our vertebrate ancestors, for whom the slowing of the heart was life-saving. There's more valuable information at avma.org.
0: What would you do if your bank accidentally made a six-figure error in your favor? Well, what one couple allegedly did in Pennsylvania has them in hot water. USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes explains. A Pennsylvania couple is facing charges for allegedly going on a spending spree after a bank mistake left six figures in their account. A teller at BB&T accidentally put 120 grand in Robert and Tiffany Williams' bank account back in May. Rather than notify the bank about the mistake, police say the couple spent most of the money in just a matter of weeks. A northern Alabama high school is removing bathroom stalls to stop teens from smoking and vaping. Parent Brandon Campbell tells- NBC News, the new rules seem a little bit excessive. They usually have a, you know, a truant officer or a police officer at the school, have them monitor the hallway. Administrators at Wilson High School in Florence, Alabama, took the move after one student was found passed out in a stall after vaping. This is USA Radio News.
2: Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on KTALK 1640 AM. K Y A H and the Loving Liberty Radio Network, as well as Red State Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in and listening. I am uh, privileged and pleased to announce uh, that Randy Watt, uh, he is the chief of police for the Ogden City Police Department, uh, instrumental in uh, bringing uh, me and my business uh, to the city of Ogden. uh, Just through his uh, candor, his friendship, Um, there's been a lot of talk about these red flag laws and. Uh, To the the audience that that own guns and are passionate about guns, you know about these laws. You know uh, the arguments uh, for them and against them. But there's some people in the audience, uh, particularly back east, that aren't as familiar. So we have Randy Watt on who's going to talk about these red flag laws. Randy, thank you for joining us today.
6: Yeah, thanks, Joe. I appreciate the opportunity.
2: There has been a lot of talk about uh, red flag laws, especially following the uh, tragedies in Ohio and Texas. Given your perspective in law enforcement, if we can start there, what is your, um, your sense or your position on, on these laws generally?
6: Well, and I'm, you know, speaking more so for myself, but, uh, you know, through 40 years of of law enforcement experience I'm not fond of red flag laws uh, and I don't I, in general the law enforcement community uh, is not um, you know they're, they're founded on an ex parte order and we've learned over the years the issues of, of a, a judge or other individuals hearing one side and then issuing a judgment and then causing another party to react in other words an ex parte essentially is uh, you're guilty unless you come in here and prove your innocence, and that flies in the face of jurisprudence uh, and and definitely from a law enforcement perspective, uh, the practice of enforcing laws.
2: Randy, it's uh, getting ready for uh, our uh, discussion today. I actually read uh, some uh, articles where they talked about how Uh, Red flag laws increase the risk to uh, law enforcement, to police and sheriffs, because many times these ex parte orders, right, one party goes to court, they get an order saying, yep, you can take the guns from, you know, the boyfriend or the husband, the police and sheriff show up to take the guns. The boyfriend or husband is, is unaware of the order because he was never, you know, brought to court. And it can create a very tense situation uh, that that's clearly avoidable. Has that been uh, your experience or or things that you've heard?
6: Very much so. Um, Any situations involving firearms are high risk situations, generally speaking. Um, There's this there's this underlying premise on the part of lawmakers that, well, we'll just pass a law and we'll tell law enforcement to. Uh, enforce it. But it, it doesn't exactly work that way. We, we make a concerted effort to reduce the risk to our personnel in these types of situations and to utilize the correct resources. In some cases, that's a phone contact. And in other extreme cases, that's a SWAT team uh, serving uh, this order. And uh, the unique nature of red flag laws is that we're actually dealing with a, a provision in the United States Constitution. There's also this idea in the part of lawmakers that uh, uh, law enforcement will agree. And it's been my experience that a, that a significant portion, if not the majority, the solid majority of law enforcement are Second Amendment supporters and where you're going to uh, send police officers to enforce an order, an ex parte order that removes someone's constitutional right you're going to create a great deal of confusion and or, um, let's say, misguided application and uh, a great deal of reluctance on the part of law enforcement to serve that. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution, and this becomes very confusing.
2: You know, I I have to say, as uh, as an attorney— When I I always uh, chafe at these kind of laws, especially because you're you're stripping someone of their due process rights, you know, when one side gets the opportunity to go into court and the court only hears one side of the story and bases their decision, you know, having practiced in uh, family law. And watched uh, several cases in family law court where one spouse will say, you know, I feel unsafe that, you know, it's typically the husband or the boyfriend, you know, has all these guns in the house. And at least in those cases, the husband is there or the boyfriend, they're typically represented by counsel, and the court gets the benefit of hearing from both sides and can make an informed decision. Under these red flag laws, too many of them are crafted where only one side is being heard. And, and that becomes significant because study, it was done in Indiana, and it showed that there was a very strong relationship between someone's guns under a red flag law and whether or not that individual was represented in court. Meaning, if there was only one party— and the other party wasn't there or wasn't notified, very high percentage, almost percent that those guns would be taken. When the other side was present or had counsel present, almost rarely would those guns be taken. And that's scary because all of a sudden you're making the law, you know, if you have the money to hire a lawyer, you get to keep your stuff. And if you don't have a lawyer, well, you lose your stuff. It just doesn't seem right.
6: Yeah, one of the fallacies built into the program is that uh, uh, by lawmakers is well we 'll just get it into court quickly, you know um, well, getting it into court doesn 't mean that it will be resolved. We uh, recently had a situation where a former police officer here at the department who who left in good standing but due to a failed relationship uh, ended up uh, in a situation where uh, he had to go to court uh, in one of these type of matters and uh it was a gray area as to whether he could keep his firearms or not, but it took him nine and a half months to get the court to realize that this thing had been filed on false pretenses and to uh, and to essentially do away with the whole case. But it took nine and a half months, and if his firearms had been taken, uh, which was the gray area that was that people were concerned about, uh, it would have taken nine and a half months to get a resolution. And, and what's the process for getting them back? Uh, who stores them? How do we store them? I mean, I currently hold 46,000 items of evidence in my uh, evidence room. How long and how many types of of applications of the red flag laws would I then be responsible for firearms and what would be the rules for release? There are a lot of second and third order effects that are not thought through. When we react emotionally, and that's what this red flag law comes about as, is emotional response. You often hear the terms, we need to do something no, you don't need to do something. What we need to do is we need to look at it realistically in terms of data and, uh, and analyze the response because most people don't look to second and third order effects or unintended consequences. One of those is there are significant numbers of people who believe that the Second Amendment is the line and they will not give up their firearms. And uh, some of them are just good, most of them. All of them, almost, are good, normal, law-abiding people who go about their day. But they have a decision point, and that decision point is, uh, if you come to take my firearms, I don't know that I can allow that. So we're so, going to put police officers, and it happened in Maryland last year, we're going to put police officers in the position who have to enforce that order up to and including deadly force. And in Maryland, you had police officers shoot and kill an individual who has no criminal background. But an ex parte order had been issued under a red flag law. Another one of those effects is we know statistically that a significant number of police officers who are involved in taking life leave the career field within two years after that. I am not one who has a desire to put my officers in a position to have to take someone's life over an ex parte order, uh, regardless of the circumstances behind it, uh, in order... Um, to enforce this law and and put significant stress on them mentally as a result of being involved in activity that they may not believe in in the first place.
2: You know, uh, Chief Walt, we have about uh, 30 seconds before the break, and if you're able to hold over, I know you're very busy, but if you're able to hold over, I'd like you to answer this question, which is, if we don't, well, what can we do? Right, We have these mass shootings, we have an increase in... Um, apparently, in, in our bigger cities, uh, violence involving firearms. What can we as as people do? As you know, as Joe Carey or as the community in a city, what steps can we do to address uh, crimes or violent crimes involving guns? If you can hold on, we'll be back right after this break. We'll hear your answer to that. We're speaking with uh, Chief Randy Watt, uh, Ogden City, a police department. Uh, grateful for his time. You're listening to K Talk, 1640 AM, KYAH, and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. We'll be back right after this break. Does your healthcare become a burden? Are you tired of worrying about being stuck for another year and concerned about what your options are? Liberty Health Share is the solution. Open enrollment is here, and this is your chance to free yourself from insurance. Take this opportunity and join Liberty Health Share. You will be in control, and you will have the freedom over your healthcare decisions. Liberty Health Share offers an open network, which means you choose your doctors and you choose your hospitals, not the government and not the insurance companies. Liberty HealthShare offers freedom from insurance, meaning there are no tax penalties. It's easy to change. Just call Liberty HealthShare today at 855-585-4237. That's 855-585-4237. Or visit their website at libertyhealthshare.org. That's libertyhealthshare.org.
1: When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com.
4: Let's think about customization presented by
3: Liberty Mutual Insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your auto insurance so you only pay for what you need. So why aren't more things in life customizable? Why isn't a burger cheaper when you ask for no onions? I don't want them. So shouldn't you deduct the price of the onions, right? Otherwise, I'm paying for the onions, but I'm not receiving any onions. Go to LibertyMutual.com for a customized quote and you could save.
1: Liberty, Liberty, Liberty.
3: Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back.
2: Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1640 AM, the Loving Liberty Radio Network, Red State Talk Radio, and KYAH. Thank you for uh, tuning in. We are talking to uh, Chief Randy Watt of the Ogden City Police Department. A, um, an amazing individual. Uh, I remember, and I've shared this story on the air, when I was considering bringing my business to Ogden uh, here in Utah, so many people would talk about, Joe, you can't do that. It's not safe, and the crime, and, and uh, talked to Chief Watt and didn't know him. But, wow, did he take the time to really literally sit down and talk to me about the city of Ogden and uh, convinced me uh, to bring my business here and haven't looked back. Beautiful city. Uh, uh, before we uh, ask Chief Watt that follow-up question, I, I want to tie it into a, another story because I think it's all leading in the same direction. This past weekend, there was a vegan activist, right? So they don't only eat meat. They don't eat any meat-related product. She's in Spain, and she goes to a bunny ranch because she wants to rescue these rabbits, So she rescues 16 rabbits from this bunny farm. In the process, she killed several of the rabbits. Uh, When, you know, she breaks into this facility, snaps up these rabbits, Uh, reportedly in the story, you know, several of these rabbits had their necks broken because, you know, she was moving so quickly. And then it's revealed that um, some of the rabbits were pregnant and other rabbits were lactating. And it turns out that 90 uh, baby rabbits were killed because she took the mother rabbit. And I, I know it's a bad example, but I think about this and I think, okay, her intentions were good. I understand what she's trying to achieve, but she really didn't think this process through. She really didn't think about, well, what happens here and what happens if, you know, there's a lactating rabbit? And when I look at these laws, especially when it comes to guns, and everybody's riding high on emotion, and we pass these laws, and like Chief Watt said, is anyone really thinking about what happens at the street level? What happens when, okay, so we confiscate all these guns. What happens to them? How do people get them back? And I just think when we ride high on emotion, it's difficult to think this through. But Chief Watt, my question to you is, we have, you know, these these mass shootings. We have these shootings in Chicago. It seems like every weekend is a mass shooting in Chicago. I think people, even supporters of the Second Amendment, look at this and say, well, what what can we do? How do we address this? So my question to you, chief, is exactly that question. What can we do?
6: Well, Joe, I don't have an answer. Uh, this is you know in the strategic thinking world um, where a lot of my education lies uh, this is what we call a wicked problem and that 's a problem for which there is no easily visible solution uh, we are We are dealing with a number of things and and one of the primary things is let 's face it violent crime, even with these horrendous and tragic events, violent crime is at an all time low and is continuing downward. The city of Chicago is an anomaly. And that's a result of failed policies as well as failed policing. So uh, I don't know that you can consider that the same. And, and they don't call them mass shootings because they're not connected. But the impact, the numbers of people involved, clearly, you know, if you have a, an episode of a weekend in Chicago, you could call it you know, a mass shooting. But again, we're at an all-time low and we're continuing downward in terms of violent crime and, and firearm crime. So the first thing is we have to we have to have clarity on the facts. We have to discard emotion. Emotion is the enemy of logic and reason, and therefore it's the enemy of good decision making. So we have to get past the emotion, and we have to get clarity of facts, and so we have to start there. And one bottom line is when we begin this process, right, we have to we have to ensure that we understand that in terms of the firearms community, in terms of the Second Amendment, the Number of incidents and the people who commit these incidents is infinitesimally small, and it flies in the face of American history and law to hold the the vast majority accountable for an extreme minority's actions.
2: I I I, absolutely agree. I, I think, and, and I say this all the time. I think ultimately, you know, it begins in each of our homes, and it's it's a tough pitch to make because the people that are doing the things they should be doing are already doing them. And the people that are going to go out there and and inflict this kind of harm, it's tough to reach them. But punishing everybody, trampling on constitutional rights, trampling on the Second Amendment, absolutely not the way to get there. Chief Watt, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us today.
6: Yeah, well, and, and I appreciate it. And one last point, Joe, and that is this, is that Red-frog laws are based on somebody determining that somebody, based on actions, thoughts, or statements, is at risk, is a person who is placing society at risk. Who gets to define that? And you have a great day, and it was a pleasure to be with you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Brian, he's 100% right. Look look at Chris Cuomo. Trump said it best, right, in his tweet. After Chris Cuomo melts down, after someone calls him Frito… Right, He goes into a curse. He says he's going to push somebody down the effing stairs. The next day, Trump tweets out and says, hey, this guy's like a danger. Now, I think Trump was saying it tongue-in-cheek, but the point he was making, right, anybody looking at that video, you have Chris Cuomo threatening violence upon someone. You have him in a state of, of out-of-his-mind lunacy. I mean, his response was disproportionate to the, to the stimuli, And Trump is saying, basically, hey, under these red flag laws, yeah, we should take Chris Cuomo's guns. And that's the point that Chief Watt just left us on, which was, yeah, who gets to decide whether you get to keep your guns or you don't get to keep your guns? I mean, this may come as a shock to the audience, but, you know, people don't always tell the truth in court. You know, and I've sat there in the courtroom watching, you know, these, this couple, you know, going through dissolution of their marriage, and all these allegations are being lobbed at each other. Now, whether they're true or not, that's up for the judge to decide, but there's a certain element of, let me gain a strategic advantage right? And if I know that, you know, my boyfriend or my husband, he's passionate about hunting, he's passionate about his guns. If I really want to stick it to him, I know how to do it. I'll just get the court to take him. And like I said, in, in family court, it's different because both sides are typically represented by counsel. So you have the opportunity of standing there and saying, no, that's not what happened or no, it didn't go that way. Under a red flag law, Typically it's just one party, and the court only hears one side of the evidence. And when you're only hearing one side of the story, aren't you really bound to make the decision in one particular way? It's why they say, you know, the whole grand jury process, you can indict a ham sandwich. Because the whole grand jury process, only the prosecution gets to present evidence. The defense, they don't get to present any evidence. That's why grand juries have, what is it, like a 97% conviction rate? Because the other side doesn't get to present any evidence. And that Indiana study was very illuminating, very enlightening, because what it showed was if the other side does have the opportunity to be present, if the other side does have the opportunity to present or refute facts and evidence— The guns aren't taken. So then, aren't we establishing a system where, yes, if you have the money to hire a lawyer, you get to keep your stuff. And if you don't, well, tough. But you know what? You can always come back and get it. Oh, really? How? Oh, just hire the same lawyer you couldn't afford to hire when we wanted to take it in the first place. Hire that lawyer and he can get it back for you. Well, wait, if I could hire a lawyer to get it back for me, wouldn't I have hired the lawyer to prevent you from taking it? Yeah, but we're not going to think through that, right? We just, we got to do something. That's what happens. Right? It's tough to dispute the intentions of those who want uh, to see violence stop. Or go down. I'm empathetic to that. Who wouldn't be? Who wants to see that? But we have to be very carefully how we, how we walk that road. Because our rights typically aren't lost in a hostile, you know, back and forth argument. They're usually lost when we all get together and say, we got to do something. Right? Isn't that how the Patriot Act passed? And the stripping of all those constitutional rights. Remember, only two things you need to do. One, get closer to God every day. Two, be kind. Stay tuned. Eric Moutsos, up next, right here on the Loving Liberty Radio Network.
1: When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com.
3: The Colonial Flag Foundation proudly presents the 18th Annual Healing Field Tribute, now through September 12th. Once again, the Sandy City Promenade has become a sea of red, white, and blue as over 3,000 U.S. flags fly in memory and honor of each victim of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, as well as each Utah-fallen military or civil servant hero. Come join us for this inspiring event and support this year's cause. Remembering the One, a powerful program of Honor 365. Come enjoy an evening out, walk among the flags, share moments and memories with friends, family and neighbors. The 18th annual Utah Healing Field display is a gift to the community, made possible through donations and the efforts of many dedicated volunteers, as well as sponsors like Mountain America, Honor 365 and the Colonial Flag Foundation.
2: You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt.
4: If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to Go away. Then get ready for a toll free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1 800 990 6976. That's 1 800 990 6976. Call 1 800 990 6976
5: weekday afternoons rub shoulders with trusted voices of truth and insight the american moots show with eric Mutso's. the read hour with lawrence w reed loving liberty with brian hyde the liberty effect with emmon bundy and stranger than fiction with ralph delugas right here on the loving liberty radio network